The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everybody, it's Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina. And welcome back to City Quick Connect podcast, legislative edition. Man, it's good to be back. Scott, it's good to see your face. It's been a while. It's been a while. I've missed got, you. Got a lot to talk about between last time and this time, and a lot next to time. talk about. Yeah, don't you no think? No kidding, I do. This I, is a this is a special. This is a real special treat because we have the beautiful oh, Joni Nickel with us today. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thanks, Casey. How Joni, you like that? Joni like Nickel it. is in the house. <laughs> in thank the you, studio. Thank you, uh, Mr. Producer Russell Cox, for bringing us all together for this sure. very fun, uh, fun broadcast, fun podcast. Well, we have reached the summer months. We have reached the sweltering heat, which tells me that the legislature is coming back in fits and spurts to handle last-minute business. Yeah, they came back last week. That's right. And For uh, a day. Well, you know, and I was surprised and pleasantly surprised that they were only here for a day. The Senate I fully went into expected the, them. To I fully the evening, expected but, them to go. Yeah, I mean they went right, a long time, but right. I fully expected them to come back for a second day. Really? Well, yeah. I don't I mean, think they were trying to do that. Now. I, you know, I just don't. Have one a, and done, Scott. One, one and done. done. One yeah, and done. They had to get in and out. Unusual. Yeah. So we had to get back and start working on those general election campaigns now. Yeah. Which we'll talk about. Another that's right, time, at another primaries. podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's another another addition. That's going to be exciting. That's right. You know, our our fan has been clamoring for uh, for our banter. So. Listen, I, I'm I'm I'd like to dedicate this episode to <laughs> Vicky Ficus in Springdale. <laughs> Thank you, Vicky, for reaching out and asking when we were going to come back. That's right. We really Here appreciate we it. We really appreciate for it. Now. So so this episode of City Quick Neck Legislative Edition. Um, this is dedicated to the state budget Woo-hoo. and Joni is going to try to make this information that we talk about today. Interesting. It's a big one. Probably the biggest She's ever. She's going to make it fun. She's going to make it interesting and she's going to make our listener just clamor for more. We have a lot of questions. That is a lot of pressure, Casey. I mean, when you talk about dollars, I don't know if anyone can stay awake. Joni, I know you can do it. Challenge accepted. I know. We won't. We won't count each dollar. Perfect. We'll just count most of the big. We'll pots. round up. Yeah, we'll round up. Let's start. Let's just start by getting some of the basics out of the way. Local government fund, fully funded. They got the fully funded five percent, so that brings us to additional twelve point five million dollars this year. So everybody, we they did that in the House version and the Senate version. That's been the same in both versions. So I hope everybody, if you've been reading the Dome, you've seen that um, amount and you've been able to plan your budget. And that's as a result of the the compromise legislation that was passed in 2019, mm-hmm. Act yeah, 84, right. I believe. 80, Act 84. Which said the most the local government fund can increase from year over year. The maximum is 5%. Yes. No matter how much the state budget grew. So how much did the state budget grow this year? Do we know? I don't know. What the um, total was. It was more. Scott had to be, put me on the spot. Sorry. It had to be more, yeah, had to be more than 5%, I would bet. Anyway, we got the maximum amount allowed under Act 84. Well, so, no, it, it increased an additional 4.3% since the last one, since the... April one, right? That was that was the May estimate. Yeah, that was yeah. the May estimate. The May right. estimate was an additional so four point three. I mean, the eleven percent is probably 
definitely accurate. Right, but, but the local government fund can't grow correct. more no. than 5% right. itself, no matter how much the state that budget grows. That's right. That so, is correct. So we got the full funding Full funding of the base plus our five percent mm-hmm. increase we on the local out. government fund. That's right. Yep. So that's we're a good ma- thing. We're for, maxed out. That's a good thing for cities, towns, and and counties as well. It was. It's very nice. It has been very nice over the last several years to not have that to squabble about. Yeah. Yeah. We have not had. We can take that off the table. It's an automatic thing. If it goes up, it goes up. If it goes down, it goes down. Yeah. It it it's not something that we have to sit and fight about. Yeah, I think the which general. Really helps. Yeah, and the general assembly got tired of having the fight with us over the local government fund year after year after year. Yeah. So the Act eighty four put that to bed, and to its credit, the general assembly has said, "Yep, we're gonna we're gonna abide by that law, despite the fact that they didn't abide by the." previous yeah. <laughs> local government fund law. They like this one. Everybody got along and we'll see how long we uh, continue to get along with it, how long we agree. So fingers crossed. I mean, yeah. I would like to see that 5% max go up to 10% and just keep that minimum. Well, let's, uh, let's, yeah. let's not go there yet. I know. I, <laughs> yeah, know, but I always sure want more. I, I love yeah. it though. Yeah. I always want um, more. All right. Um, Joni, what else? Give us some more. Let's just talk money right now. Give us some more of the amounts that were included in the conference report that's okay. in the governor's desk right yeah. now. Yeah. So PTSD, that was recurring dollars. We knew 500000 was going to be in the budget. But what they did this year, um, we testified in support of this, is they gave us an additional $250,000. Um, and that's to be split between SLED and the Firefighter Association. And I say us, they gave it to SLED and the Firefighter Association. Right. And the reason behind that, um, I've spoken to the Firefighter Association, they needed the additional funds because their program has been utilized so much that they were going to be in a deficit yeah. going forward if oh, they did not great. have I know isn't that wonderful oh wow firefighters are availing themselves Absolutely. of these treatment services yes. that's wonderful which which keeps them from ha- keeps them on the job and keeps them from having to potentially uh, you know file a workers comp claim or or seek some other adverse action so that's a Absolutely. good thing yeah. yeah well and those are recurring dollars so next year when we start with the base budget We'll have seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in there for PTSD, and we're just hoping it just keeps going up. Yeah, that's for, wonderful. And that got put on as recurring dollars last year for it the did. very first time, mm-hmm. right? It did. Yeah. Right. It did. So that's good. So it, it seems that we are moving in the in the right direction for law enforcement and yeah. firefighters. And speaking of law enforcement officers, we um, twenty million dollars was placed in the budget for body cams and vests. And that's under DPS. Um, it follows the same grant program now that you apply for, um, but they gave $20 million in there this year to buy those body cams and those vests because we do have law enforcement officers in our state that don't have their own vests, believe it or not. Don't have vests, don't have body cams, despite the fact that there's a, a law on the books that says everybody has to have body cams, yeah. but only if it's funded. Yeah, so, so unfunded this is, mandate. Yeah, yeah, so this is gonna this is going towards helping to close that funding gap. Absolutely, we heard of law enforcement officers who share vests. You know, oh, I would hate to be 145 pounds and have to share a vest with a, someone who's twice my size. Right, right. that's exactly. Or right. the opposite. You know, you're only getting a small amount of coverage there. But um, this this will help them out tremendously. Again, the grant program's there through DPS, and they can start applying as soon as the governor agrees to the budget. And, and DPS so. is the Department of Public Safety. That's correct, right? yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay, what else? 
Well, let's see. We got some other funds. Oh, law enforcement. Return to work for um, PORS and SCRS. So what does that mean? Gotten a lot of calls about this. So currently, if you're retired and you come back to work, there's a cap of $10,000. Right. But and this, that's a salary cap, right? You that, can't earn more than $10,000. That is correct, Casey. So what this proviso does is it says no cap. There does have to be a 12-month break in service. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a critical need. This is just a 12-month break in service. We testified in support of the critical need. You know, the teachers got the critical need. They right. could return to work yeah. with just critical need. Without the break in service. Without the right. break in service. Right. And without the cap. And without the cap. Mm-hmm. Um, so the questions that I've been receiving is, what happens in August next year? Well, if legislation isn't passed and another proviso isn't in place, the cap goes back into place. Mm-hmm. So... That $10,000 cap will go back into effect again next August if this does not pass again for next year or have permanent legislation. Because the proviso only runs with that current fiscal year budget. That's correct. Mm -hmm. That's correct. And, you know, you talk about we had conversations with several lawmakers, particularly in the House, saying, hey, let's just get rid of the cap entirely. Um, But. And 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 I remember having a conversation with Representative Ann Thayer from Anderson in particular. She goes, like, I'm all in favor of that, but that's just not something we're going to be able to pull off. I know there's support for it, but I think the concern is, particularly from PEBA, from the retirement system, is that it would increase the unfunded liability for retirees that yeah. they're they're facing now. And I. I don't necessarily agree with that. Well, t- uh, Scott, I'm so glad you brought that up because I do not agree. Um, Sled does not agree. <laughs> right. And other people do not agree because you still have to contribute. So once yeah. you're retired, you're retired. That is your retirement. Right. And when, if you come back to work under this proviso or any permanent law for teachers, if you come back to work, you still have to contribute to the retirement system. Right. Yeah. Your the, earning cap does not increase for your retirement. You're drawing your retirement system pay That's correct. as the retiree, That's right. but as this full-time employee, you're who, still contributing. You're still making contributions that is as correct. if as if you had not retired. So Absolutely. This is a windfall for them. They well, are only making money. Um, so I'm I, not sure how. I think they would disagree with us, and oh, they have disagreed they with have. us. Yeah, so, they have. But, uh, right. you know. So we'll we'll see. So we'll, we'll keep, be We'll, we'll be keep working. plugging on that. We'll yeah. hey, work let's, with. Let's keep talking about retirement. If we're talking about retirement and, health, yeah. you know, state health plan, yeah. okay. let's stay on that for a second. Sure. Um, there was money, $37 million, I think, or mm-hmm. it could be a different number, in the budget to cover the 1%? Yes. Okay. So... We get this question a lot, too. So what happens to our 1%? You are still responsible for your 1%. It's normally 2%. The state covers their 1%, as Casey mm-hmm. mentioned. Um, that will stop happening. It's supposed to stop happening next year. 2023 is supposed to be the last year. Again, I've spoken with PIBA, and that's only if the numbers add up. So, so a number of years ago, PIBA asked the General Assembly to put on a an annual increase in the employer and employee contributions to the retirement system yeah. to help close that unfunded liability that we were just talking about and so that one so it goes up the 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 contribution the rate increase is 2% each year until next year until mm-hmm. next year and what the state has done the last several years is say okay employers, cities and towns, will cover half of that 2% rate 
rate increase each year for you. Right. And so they did that again this year, right? With that, the $37 million. Right. That That's is correct. correct. So you're still, if you're listening, please be listening. You're still responsible for your 1%. Yeah. That is going to go up. Yeah. Essentially, all the public employers across the state have to contribute another $37 million. That's correct. Right. So that's for SCRS and PORS. Right. So, but still, I mean, not having to fund the full 2% yeah. is pretty good. Absolutely. I, mean, I think that's pretty, I, I will, I have to, I hate to admit it, but I think the General Assembly has been very generous with cities and towns on that deal for the last several years. So. Absolutely. I agree with you, Scott. And, you know, Casey, are we going to keep on the PIBA theme? Yeah, let's keep let's keep on it. I was going to go down the 18% Ooh. road. Is that where you were headed? It was. Okay. Great. How about that? Great yeah. minds. Great minds while, to go while we compliment the General Assembly about being generous on yeah, the retirement. Exactly. Let's turn it around and talk about the state increase. health plan. Yeah. So state health plan premium increase, it was not a typo. It is 18.1% increase. It is going to go into effect January 2023. Um, did we fight for you guys? Absolutely. Um, but the increase is the increase, and we knew we couldn't change that percentage. So if we're paying $100 for an employee's health premium today, come January the 1st of next year, we're going to be paying $118 for that employee's health insurance premium. Correct? 100 times 18.8% yep. is $118. That is correct. Yeah. Um, and the state knew that this was going to cost the s- state employees a lot of money. So yeah. they covered that um, $102 million. And we did ask very nicely. Oh, actually, I begged for them to cover a portion for us. But the answer was politely no. So the 18.1% is the 18.1%. Now, And in fact, I think a comment was made in a Ways and Means Subcommittee or committee meeting. Scott, that, this comment was made all over. Welcome to our world. <laughs> yeah. the, the the members were saying, General Assembly members were saying about cities, towns, and counties who were facing this increase, but they have the $102 million, whereas cities and towns may not. Well, that was um, a popular response or, hey, you don't have to have PIBA. True. You could go to the marketplace. Go That's, to the marketplace. Exactly right. This is a uh, this is a free market system in in this regard for That's sure. Right. Although, but history will tell us that the reason they allowed us to come into their marketplace was to help lower their costs. Right. So if we, <laughs> right. you know, if there's a run on the market, yeah. right? That's yeah. Exactly right. That wouldn't be so good for them. But no, the eighteen point one percent increase was not a typo. And I will say, and people did talk about this during their testimony. We have not had an increase in the last three years. Which no. I don't know that was a good thing. No, you know, I mean, yeah, I think incremental is a lot better than just one. Yeah, three, three, six percent increases over right. three fiscal years probably would have been a whole lot easier lot to prepare yeah. for, absolutely, and a lot better plan to for take than than, than a, a big, a big, huge increase like this. But again, we can go to the market you if we want to. to. It's an opportunity for some enterprising uh, health That's insurance right. plan out there somewhere. That's right. So. Jenny, is that it for retirement and state health plan? For I think PIBA it is. Stuff. For, for yeah, PIBA that, stuff. that's it for PIBA stuff. Um, you know, hopefully next year the percentage will not be as large and I can come back next year and do a, hey guys, we've got good news. Well, let's hope that the unfunded liability on the retirement side is getting is shrinking to the point that we're not going to face any more rate increases there. I, I, I mean, 
considering how huge it was a number of years ago before they started this series of increases, I just I don't know that we've put that much more into it. And now that the now that the markets are tanking, um, we'll see how how our investment income goes too. Yeah, so. we'll see. Yeah. Um, Joni, a couple things. There was money in the budget for the firefighter cancer fund. Yep. Um, there was money in the budget. Did they leave in the tourism dollars? They did. They left in the okay. tourism dollars. The firefighter cancer fund was a recurring dollar. So we saw that That's again great. this year. Okay. Wonderful. And, and then, that does what? That funds what? The firefighter cancer funds. Yeah. So mm-hmm. any firefighter who's been diagnosed with any type of cancer, this pays for your dollars out of pocket. Gotcha. gotcha. And that was that was introduced and adopted, enacted in legislation, but not funded. But not funded. The first year, but then they came back last year and funded yep. it. So yep. that's another great tool. That's another great resource for yeah. our firefighters in our cities and towns. Um, we've also got money going to the COGS, the Council of Governments, right? They did an additional $1 million, but that's in non-recurring dollars. Okay. So if they want that money again next year, they're going to have to go ask for that additional million because again, that was non-recurring. So they're getting a hundred, there's 10 cogs. They're going to get a hundred thousand dollars each. Is there a particular use that they need to use that money for? It didn't specify, um, but I don't know what was said behind closed doors or to them personally, but it just said an additional um, $1 million. I would presume that some of that, they, the general assembly intends for the cogs to use that money to help cities and towns with ARP applications. N- or well, technical assistance. Applica- yeah. Technical assistance. They did talk about up. that in testimony, right. um, that they were there to assist them with the ARP. Right. Um, but they money. didn't specify that's what they had to spend they did, that money. To on. my knowledge, they did not. Right. So no. Right. And it was not written down in a proviso that they had to. Right. So. Um, is that everything specific to cities and towns? Well, I will talk about Journey. the V-SAFE program. Okay, yeah. So the V-SAFE program, there was legislation that passed. I mean, it went back and forth, back and forth. So, Scott, do you want to explain the V-SAFE program as a former firefighter? Well, the V-SAFE program is a grant program that's available to fire departments across the state for uh, equipment mm-hmm. purchases, right. uh, personal protective equipment. Right. Um, you know, anything, things anything, that you handled on the job, anything that they need, uh, to, to help do their jobs doesn't, there's, there's not enough money to cover like trucks and, right. you know, right. really expensive no. things, but maybe, uh, self-contained breathing apparatuses, uh, helmets, gloves, uh, turnout gear, that kind of thing. Well, and to, to be eligible to apply for the grant, your department has to be 51% volunteer. Right. So right. Um, that is a requirement, and it's also laid out in the legislation. And they've changed the formula. So before, I could apply for a $20,000 grant, but I could only receive that grant for three years. And after that, I could have to reapply. So I'd have to wait three years. Mm-hmm. Under this new legislation, every eligible fire department could receive $5,000. Well, that might buy you a pair of gloves. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot. So that's where this V-SAFE funding money came in on the budget. They gave an additional $3 million. It is in non-recurring dollars, so they'll have to go back and ask for this money again. But that changed the grant from a $5,000 grant to a $12,000 grant well, that'll get annually. You somewhere. Yeah. 12,000 will get you a couple of several sets of turnout gear. It'll get you a couple of SCBAs. Um, yeah. you know, and even in a volunteer situation, most of those uh, departments are not financially off well off, so anything that they get is helpful. Um, just as a side note, we had um that storm that blew through last uh week, I think. Yeah. Um 
and some sort of microburst, straight line wind, something. It wasn't a tornado, but mm. it was something hit my parents' neighborhood. First, the the first, I mean, the first responders that were there were the firefighters. Yeah. And they were cutting the trees and because tons of trees fell over. There were yeah. at least a dozen houses in that neighborhood that were that had trees through them. And they were there making sure the roads were, were passable. They were knocking on everybody's doors, making sure everybody was okay. Um, and then very close behind them were our linemen. So were the Dominion yeah. linemen. So it was um, it was wonderful to see. I thanked them while I was over there. Yeah, we worked a uh, straight line wind event off Road 50 one time years ago near 26. But it was, I mean, it, it looked like it was tornado activity because it was just so wide and long, but uh, knocked yeah, down this power one was, lines. Yeah, this trees. was definitely like a, it, it wasn't tornadic because yeah. the, Things weren't twisted, right? You know, it right. was just like it came through and everything went that way. Golly, look at you melding your National Weather Service yeah. knowledge and your first responder I, knowledge together. I love it, Scott. I have been um, under your tutelage for a very long time. <laughs> you know, if I had to do it all over again, I'd so, go into meteorology. But I, I feel I can't like do the I, math. If I haven't picked up on it by now, can't do the math. And I'll tell you what, I've been real proud of Erica. There was a fire in her neighborhood, and she was just. <laughs> She was just quoting all kinds of just lingo. I was impressed. I we well, did. Casey, you know my son won fire chief of oh, second yeah. grade. Hello. He, he did. Hello. <laughs> with the help of producer Russell Cox and That's Scott's right. you, fire Russell. uniform. I, mean, I think it was almost by acclamation, wasn't it? We I all kind of came together. L- listen, I, here's a here's a PSA. If your kid's running for an office at their school, you give us a buzz because we are your one-stop shop for- Absolutely children's campaign strong campaign we run a clean pancake no smear campaign That's right. That's no, right. smear. <laughs> no smear campaign we didn't say anything bad but we just checked out the other people's materials yeah. and ordered what we thought we needed a lot of flyers i will say <laughs> my entire family refer- refers to my son now as chief <laughs> that's awesome that's amazing yeah so he's chief <laughs> so yeah so police officers and firefighters it's, it's a good year for them i will say there was one other proviso that was kind of a surprise to me it's called the governor's law enforcement officer award uh, of the year oh, so wow. it's a ten thousand dollar award it's given to one state law enforcement officer, one county law enforcement officer, and one city law enforcement officer. There's an advisory panel. You submit your applications to them. And because it's called the governor's law enforcement officer of the year, I'm assuming, I haven't read the whole thing, I'm assuming the governor then chooses right from the list. Well, that's um, awesome. And it is not subject to state income tax. So the $10,000 is $10,000. in your pocket. It's oh, in your man. pocket. Impressive. No, uh, no income tax plus the rebate we're all going to get. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Let's talk about that for just a second because that really wasn't anything that we focused on no. in from the dome to your home because we kept all of our stuff very city focused, obviously. But um, the the conference committee did come down on the side of the Senate. They did. And they approved Harvey's Senator Harvey Peeler, the Senator Harvey Peeler 2022 um tax rebate. rebate yeah yeah so everybody's gonna get a little something might fill your tank up with gas i doubt it they'll cut checks they said late november early december so Ooh, save it for your stocking right stuff that's exactly for christmas <laughs> save it for your stocking stuff perfect i love it yeah. yeah as if inflation isn't high enough already right. but uh we'll 
But we'll we're also the income tax rate's going to go down too. So yeah, it's going to so, a half a percent well, over. Yeah, they took the House version on that right. uh, proposal. We'll to go down to six point five percent for the first year, and then eventually drop down to six percent over right. five years. Yep. Yeah, right. so we'll get we'll eventually get to that six percent. Of course, uh, Senator Shane Massey from Edgefield sort of did a little mini filibuster right. last week on that. He, he thinks we should have it should be a lower and b. Mm-hmm. Immediate, so right. Um, right. But the house didn't house didn't go for that, so that's uh, that's where we, where we ended up on those two, the rebate and the income tax. Um, Jenny, what else do we need to hit while we're talking about the state budget? Lay it on me. So they're gonna come back June twenty eighth, and what is gonna happen? What the governor's office is doing right now? They are taking that conference committee that was adopted by the Senate and the House, and they are going through line by line. That's and right. people are getting called into the governor's office right now. To explain themselves, to mm-hmm. you know, well, there's a bunch of earmarks in there. Yeah, for, a bunch for for all sorts of agencies and cities and towns and organizations across the state. And that was another something that uh, I think it was Senator Massey, Senator Massey complained about was the the lack of process involved in putting those earmarks into the budget. Now, well, some of those it, earmarks were pretty deep and hidden. Well, that's true, but but to its credit, the House Ways and Means Committee did put all of its earmarks into a publicly published list yeah. right. uh, that everybody was able to see. However, when that, that list went over to the Senate, and the Senate did not send a list back, so we're not sure exactly what all was or was not included necessarily from that list with regard to earmarks. Or added to that list. Right, exactly. So in the budget, um, in any other regular legislation, the governor has a finite, a certain amount of days to either veto, sign, or pocket veto, which means just let the bill become law without his signature. Mm -hmm. But in the budget, it's different because he has line item veto power. So he can go through that budget proviso by proviso and and money line by money line, Mm -hmm. and he can veto one item, two items, 16 items. In the past, we have seen, I remember former Governor Mark Sanford he vetoed the entire budget the one time. time. I was about you to remember bring, that. I do. I was about to bring that up. He that was vetoed the, only the time entire budget. That. House and Senate came back, overrode. They were done in about five minutes. Yep. They said, later, I'm out. Yeah. Well, you got to keep in mind, this is an election year. So That's right. That's exactly right. Those line items, they're going to look at those, you know, with more scrutiny than they would before. But That's as right. we just said, though, some of these projects are tucked within state department budgets which are just one or two lines yeah they're not named so even if henry wanted to target a particular project if it's not named then he would have to strike that entire budget for for that that agency or oh. that particular line blind i mean he wouldn't know what it's for or what it's not for uh which, so the which governor, makes it more difficult when when governor mcmaster goes through and he does his line item vetoes he puts that in a veto message in a letter um, it's very to, detailed too. It's very detailed. The letter goes to the Speaker of the House because that's the originating body of the of the budget, mm-hmm. and it goes through and it it numbers. It's a list. I am vetoing this money because, and he makes sure his budget writers and they sit down and they talk about and they explain why either this is already permanent law, we don't need it in here, mm-hmm. or this is a waste of money, or yeah, you know po- there there are a lot of different reasons why popular- he would. A popular reason is this isn't a function of government, or right, this, yeah, this isn't right. a core That's function right. of state government. Right. I actually, I enjoy reading the veto list. 
because oh, yeah. it's very it, detailed. It is very detailed. So it could be anywhere from five to thirty-five to a hundred. It doesn't matter. It just whatever whatever governor wants to do, that is what he is going to do. Yep. And then the House and Senate will come back on the twenty-eighth. On the twenty-eighth, and they go through line by line. It's almost like an airing of grievances. I love it. It really yeah. is. Really <laughs> well, and then to I mean, keep in mind to override a governor's veto is a two-third vote for both chambers, that's both right. bodies. That's right. It's almost just like. This was dumb. This was dumb. This was dumb. You don't need it. This was dumb. Right. I mean, they, he goes through right. and he just kind of shows where he disagrees with um, absolutely with with the House and, and the Senate version. And he's not the only one who makes those arguments. I mean, we just said Shane Massey's made those arguments. That's right. They're, they're there are lots of legislators right. who who agree with the governor that these things shouldn't be in the state. And y'all, budget. it will be very interesting to see because the income tax legislation that is separate legislation yeah. mm-hmm. than the budget that yeah. did not go that's not a proviso that, those were separate pieces of legislation so you're gonna grateful. have to take that up you know um separately in a veto or you know in that situation so we know that the bea gave them an additional what 1.2 billion dollars with yeah. their may with estimate with their did, billion. what did did they do anything with that additional 1.2 billion I not mean, with the additional 1.2 they did have an additional 500 million left over after the conference committee was all said and okay. done and they put that in the reserve fund right um, and as you may recall, during COVID, our reserve fund, South Carolina, we were in a great position. Yeah. Other states, Georgia, they were not in a good position when right. it came to money in the reserve funds. And so we um, we just put some more back over there. So because we had fund balance, the state had fund balance, mm-hmm. we had savings, we had cash reserves, we were able to weather COVID. Absolutely. That's right. So having cash reserves is a good conservative fiscal policy. It, it's responsible. It's what don't don't you have a savings account? It's not yeah. hoarding yeah. it's not hoarding cash no. just for the sake of hoarding cash as local governments often are accused of. There's a reason we put these funds back. A hurricane. A straight line wind damage. That's right. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, fire. Listen, there a was pan- a water pandemic. There was a water main break um, as a result of a tree. Several trees right. falling in the street. So pandemic. We'll have to do something about yeah. pandemic. A pandemic. Right. I will so, say, and y'all recall during the pandemic, um, the governor gave DHEC a ton of money. Yeah. Because yeah. we had the money. So, for for you elected officials that are listening to this. Make sure to remind your critics of of your fund balance, of the cash reserves mm-hmm. that you have. Remind them early and often that this is why you have them. And it's a policy that the state of South Carolina has employed and endorses. So it's a good thing. It's not a waste of funds. It's not a hoarding of cash as yeah. we're And that was an argument accused. of um, the newly elected Speaker Merle Smith that he said, look, th- we're not always going to be this cash flush. That's right. We've got to put some away for when we do encounter a recession again, which is, I believe, inevitable. It's around I don't the know corner, that or not? But, um, but we've got to have some money tucked away because nobody, nobody wants to do across the board cuts. No, nobody wants to have to to furlough state workers. Nobody, well, nobody, no agency wants to do that, nor can they. Again, right. South Carolina didn't have to, so we were That's in right. good shape before. We were in real good shape. So and hopefully. I'm not saying I want another pandemic, guys. I'm just saying I just want to be prepared. What else in the budget, Joni, do we need to talk about? Is that pretty much, does that sum it up for us? It does. I was talking to Scott earlier. So we've had a lot of questions about the return to work and what happens if you don't 
have the training and your certification. So they put if you're in a, a police officer. If you're a police officer, right. they put in another proviso. It's 108.19 that says that the academy will work with you to expedite your training to get you up mm-hmm. to par where you need to be. If you're and, a return to work. If you're a return mm-hmm. to work. And Swindler's already given his promise that he's going to expedite those to work with us. And that proviso says just that. So, so that's Executive Director Jackie Swindler at the Criminal Justice Academy. That's yeah. right. So, yep. so if I'm a retired police officer now and I let my certification expire then and, and I want to come back, then I can go to this, Jackie and say, hey, Jackie, help me out here. Absolutely. And this proviso will allow you to do that and kind of expedite you so you're not waiting around, you know, 30, mm-hmm. 60 days. Because there is a backlog right. yeah. sure. for it to Absolutely. get in there. So, Absolutely. And we understand there's a there's a need. There's a critical need. Is anyone listening? Critical need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is critical. It is critical. Um, but no, Casey, that's it. We go back June 28th and okay. we'll see. And we'll get the list of the vetoes prior to them coming back in. Yeah. Maybe yeah, the day before. Absolutely. Absolutely. He has a certain amount of time to be able to to return those vetoes and he'll put the veto message the governor will on his website. So we'll be able to look through it and make sure that none of our stuff is Um, in there. So today is what, Tuesday the 21st? That's correct. That's correct. Curious to see what he's going to do with Senate Bill 233. Which is oh, the big time. the group the Burns service versus fee, Greenville yeah. County That's service right. fee among fix. other things. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's got several other topics in that bill, but it does have that one. Yeah, in. that's that's really important, particularly for the for the counties, but for cities and towns as well. Mm-hmm. Our hope is that the governor does not veto that bill, uh, but if he does, then we are, we'll have a lot of work with our county friends to to do to try and see if we can execute an override of a veto but hopefully he won't i think i think the governor's office understands how important this issue is uh to taxpayers across the state i hope so i just know that some members are saying that this is a tax and so yeah, that's yeah. what well, they're whispering that's what the, in, that's in what the supreme ear. yeah the supreme yeah. court called it that so uh we, I, we, we disagree we think they were wrong along with Absolutely. a good number of the members of the general assembly right. that passed that's the bill right. to fix it that's so. right well you may recall i said earlier that some certain people are being called into the governor's office. Yeah. I do believe the county boys are some of those people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> explain this. Well, please explain yourself. Of course, I know that they had uh, the county leadership, uh, South Carolina Association of Counties leadership, did some op eds uh, over the weekend. Yeah, uh, in I saw support that. Of that. I they saw did. that. Yeah. In support of that and bill to hopefully encourage the governor to sign that or, or just, po- or, you know, not sign it. Yeah. Either one doesn't matter. Yeah. They're so. doing a, they're doing a good job working it right now. Yeah. What else we got? Um, I, that on the budget, I think that's it, Scott. No more budget or cash issues. I, I mean, we certainly we, we don't have any cash issues today. That's for sure. No, <clears throat> no. Let's, that is for sure. Let's uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that the Fed knows what they're doing and can slow down the looming potential for a recession. So. Um. Also, as far as money goes. Um, the, the governor signed the resolution, the joint resolution that, um, allocates the state ARP allocation. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I know the rural infrastructure authority is the, the keeper of the money that goes for the infrastructure grants. And yeah. I know that they are working on it, um, to kind of get that they process a, up and rolling. They have a webinar, uh, that is scheduled for June the 29th. So go to the South Carolina Rural Infrastructure Authority's website. It's right on the front page of their website. You can sign up for that webinar to get details about when and how to apply. And they are anticipating issuing grants as early as September. So 
uh, get your interested folks and staff members, if you're elected officials, on that. If you're if you don't have any staff, then somebody on council needs to sign up for that uh, webinar and watch it. It's going to be very important information if you have an interest in getting some of those water, sewer, and stormwater infrastructure funds. Bonnie Ammons did a uh, did a talk at the South Carolina City County Management Association summer meeting uh, last week. So uh, she's you know she's mobilizing and yeah. getting the message spread around. So which is great. Yep. That, that's going to be a huge help to yep. big and small water systems. Hope so. Absolutely. Well, Joni, thanks for having. Thanks for being here. Thanks, with guys. Us. Appreciate and it. To our listeners, thanks follow for us, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and if you want, get this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and where else? Oh, we're fancy. That's and it. Google. Where? And Google. Go, go to the Google Podcast app. I really need to work on. Having callers, I need to work. We don't on, need callers. I really need to work on some sponsorship. I do not want I need to work on well, some merch. We don't. Um, we don't need callers. We need merch. I think we're going to need merch before we're, our our big um, broadcast from the annual meeting. I'm very excited about the in the lobby interviews. I know. Can you believe that man or woman in the lobby That's interviews? Be awesome. Them, them in the lobby. Scott, I'll be real honest with you. I think I need a uniform for that. <laughs> We might have to, we could make up some, we could do some homemade ones. I think I need, like what, like puffy paint? No. No, Yeah, what are those? I want something that's legit. Paint pens. Okay. Well, I'll work on that. Yeah. Everybody, thanks for joining us. As a reminder from the Dome to Your Home, all of the editions of our weekly legislative report are online. You can also listen to past episodes of the podcast online as well. Thank you for joining us and take care of yourselves. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the Association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.